This is session three of the Reboot, Navigating the Reboot panel discussion. Again, with Joel Sutherland, Stephen Durbin, Jeremy Morton, Tyrone Barnett. Glad you're here with us today. And if you're joining us by replay, we welcome you as well. Uh, good morning, this uh, Thursday morning, May 7th. Uh, things are unfolding. We're excited about what's about to happen. Some churches are starting sooner rather than later. So we're going to look at some very specific plans around some of the churches that are going to make those attempts very soon to get reopened. Tim Dowdy, our uh, catalyst lead strategist for pastor wellness. Uh, it is all yours. We appreciate it. All right. Well, I'm, we're just continuing to move down this ever changing track of how we're going to, you know, what life is going to look like as we move forward through the summer and then back into the fall. And so we want to talk a little bit today about if any um, plans have become clear for you as you start thinking about what are we going to do on campus, how we're going to make that transition, how we're going to communicate that. I think one of the keys that I'm we, we talked about last week a little bit that I'm continuing to hear is this constant communication to the congregation so they know kind of where we're headed, what's going on and what's happening. Um, I, I want to um, jump in with uh, Tyrone first. It's great to have you, Tyrone, from Peace Baptist. And um, just want to hear kind of what, what you guys have been doing and kind of bring us up to speed what your plans are moving forward. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Good to be with all of you all. And, um, you know, we are committed to, to not return until our own site is better than our online. Um, we've got really good engagement taking place there. So we're really not looking to um, return back to like June, maybe even July. I'm really concerned about um, making sure that our senior adults and everybody is, is really safe. Uh, I've been taking a pro-life stand, you know, uh, we're pro-life as it relates to abortion. And I want to also make sure that I really protect those individuals who may be vulnerable themselves. And so that's really where we are. We, we kind of left quick, but we're coming back slow. Kind of instead of flipping a switch, we're doing a dimmer switch, if you would, kind of coming back very slow in that regard. One of the things that we're going to talk about some real practical things and y'all have been doing a great job these last two weeks dealing with those areas but I want to just kind of speak to pastors because I've been talking to a number of pastors who were thinking about leaving their church this year and and uh, I want to encourage those and some of the guys who may have been thinking about that not to do that um, they were you know you were planning uh, to move to another facility another other church but uh, but when we do come back a lot of the people are really going to be stressed um, our congregation is going to be in chaos. And one of the things that I believe they don't need is the pastor being gone as well. So unless the Lord leads you, unless the Lord tells you, I'm going to just encourage pastors. I think that's one of the things that we need to do. We're talking about preparing the congregation, but I've heard very few people talk about preparing the pastor. And so pastors, just really prepare yourself for the change that's going to hit. I think it's been rough now, but coming back, I think it's going to be a lot of heavy lifting that we're going to have to do. So start preparing yourself, your boards. That's what we're doing. I'm taking our board through uh, Managing Transitions. Uh, it's a 25-year-old book, but it's in its fourth edition. Uh, back in 2016, it came back. Uh, William Bridges wrote it. It's an excellent book on really managing through transitions and change. Um, and it's been really, really uh, impactful for, for our board and our team to, to do that. And we're redeploying our, our staff to um, more congregational care and pastoral care. One team is doing that. Whatever they were doing, I've redone their job descriptions. And then the other team is doing online operations, which is, you know, what's the technical stuff that needs to be done and small groups. And then a third team is doing community engagement because we don't want the community to forget that we're there. Um, I've been driving by a couple of churches and seeing them saying, well, the church is closed or the food pantry is closed. I think that's a wrong message to send to our community 
they need to know that we're open. And so I want a team contacting principals, uh, ch checking with the governmental people. What can we as a church do to make sure that we are still visible in the community, even though many things are shut down? And then the last thing is that what I'm doing is I'm really raising up young adults, a lot more young adults in our church, because my senior adults are telling me, well, when we get back, I'm not going to come back at the level that I was before. And so I've got to fill the gaps of um, some of the leadership roles um, and responsibilities. So I'm doing Zoom calls with some of our young leaders to really uh, get them ready for, I believe, what um, heavy lifting they're going to have to do or we're going to need to do as we come back. So that's a little bit um, of some of the things I'm thinking about that I haven't been hearing um, from um, just different other things that I'm looking at as well. But um, I, I love what we're going to be talking about in a moment about some of the other practical things that guys can do. You know, one of the things you said about preparing the pastor for the return and that transition back to on-campus ministry, I think we've talked a lot about how people are going to view the service because it can be so different when you're spread out near every other row and you're three seats apart and it's scattered. But it's going to look different for the pastor, too, when you're preaching to a congregation that is spread out like that and the dynamics and energy and all that kind of thing are going to be the same. And so it's going to be something for us mentally and to prepare ourselves for um, and to know that our people, even though there may be less people in the room because we may have some of those protocols that keep people apart, they're coming expecting the same thing. So we've got to be ready to, to deliver. Um, Jason, I know y'all did the survey. Um, and uh, yeah. and I, yeah. how did I that go, the collection of information? Yeah, I shared with that last week. I think uh, Scott put that out for you guys. I'll yeah. just like the things that pertain, just so you know where we got. And um, we got about 1,100 of them back. And um, – of that, uh, what the three interesting things was one, one question we asked, if we were to begin this Sunday, May the 3rd, which was last week, how many of you would have come? Uh, and 50% said they'd have been there, and 50% said they wouldn't have been there. And that was a pretty straight, just to kind of give you uh, some, I mean, it was good for us to see, because, you know, again, they tell the pastor, we can't wait to get back, but when it's an anonymous survey, 50% of them said, no, nah, we wouldn't have been there. The next question was uh, that's of interest. If we started back June the 7th, we started back June the 7th is the date we kind of put, obviously being tentative, 80% said they would return. 80% said they would return um, June the 7th. And then the one that's interesting was the one we really asked. And again, uh, Scott and Tim, you both have talked about, I think this depends on the size uh, of the church, I think it depends on the size of your room. But for us, and Joel and I both talked about this, it's really almost impossible to come back if we don't have kids' ministry of some sort. Uh, it's just we, the way our church is set up, it just it, it won't work. Uh, but there's other options. Jeremy can speak to that. He has a larger building and a larger room, and so he's got a little more options there than some of us do. Uh, but um, when – the question we asked the third one was, would you check your children in upon your first return? 50, like, would you, the first week you come back, are you going to be comfortable putting your kids in kids ministry? 50% said yes. 50% said no. Uh, pretty much down the line, which uh, I hope given uh, a few more weeks, 
to June, that shifts a little bit. Maybe it's 20. I know we're going to have kids initially, uh, obviously, that are probably with. But those were good gauges to kind of let me know that by June, people are more open if things keep trending. But the pressure of kids early on is not going to go away. Just if we live in a time of helicopter parents, I'm not sure that's not going to affect this pretty significantly uh, in the month of June and July while there's so much uncertainty out there. So those are the three big questions when it came to comeback that we dialed in on and that just gives you a little perspective of where we're at yeah yeah i had a, a realtor in our church they had a big bible study online and they asked the same question anonymously uh, about coming back to work you know are you are you how do you feel you feel nervous about coming back into the offices do you feel and um it was it was 50 50 it yeah. told me it was, it was right down the line um and so some people are very nervous apprehensive. other people know i'm ready if you open up the offices we're ready to roll um yeah. so and that's what we yeah. saw split down the middle yeah it's it, that that's very very interesting um so as we think about moving back in i know everybody's trying to formulate plans thinking through um i know joel had said earlier we were talking that he's starting to hear from his people they're just tired they're tired of being quarantined, tired of being in their house, tired of not coming to church, tired of walking to church online, and they want something to happen. Um, you know, obviously, we don't want to just cave to that pressure in spite of circumstances, but um, how are you guys planning? What are, what are the plans that you're rolling out and thinking about as we move toward um, the summer and then on into the fall? Yeah, so Jeremy, why don't you go? Um, uh, Joel, go ahead. Yeah, so for us, Tim, you know, I've seen a lot of the plans that, that Scott has shared and, and others and, and like we get that. That's I, I wish I could put that kind of plan in print. What I feel like now is a three month plan seems like a hundred year plan, you know, of six months ago, like three months seems like forever at, at the pace at which we're seeing change. So what we've decided is we're, we're making internal plans for an opening hopefully in the summertime soon, but we're not publishing that. We're waiting a couple weeks of the opening. What we know is people aren't social distancing that much when they get out. I mean, in Publix, you're, you know, shoulder to shoulder with people and Costco and all those places. And I know there's, I'm the world's worst. I was in Walmart the other day and I was checking out before I noticed lines on the floor. I'm like, oh, there are lines on the floor. I've heard about those and I've not seen those before so you know some are doing it some are don't so our thinking is let's give it a couple of weeks i think people almost have to be re reintroduced to society as we open up like they've gotten used to being alone and sheltering in place and, and and all that so our plan is we don't know we don't have a plan right now like we're trying to put one together internally but i need to see what happens over the next couple of weeks and look i think we can pull the trigger and open up in 10 days we need 10 days probably, but we can pull the trigger and open up in 10 days. So it's not like I'm being forced um, to come up with a plan. We're going to start communicating a little more about it, you know, starting this week, but uh, especially here yeah, in the 50 50. Yeah, I, I get you. You know, I think uh, as we've been thinking about it, one of the hard things for us pulling the trigger maybe that quick is not just getting the word out, but then preparing all our volunteers for what to expect coming back, how they deal with questions, how they handle issues and those kind of things. So that's been one of the question marks we've been trying to wrestle with. How do we prepare them? How do we train our leaders, um, get them equipped so that they're ready to handle what they're going to face as we 
reopen. Jeremy, what what you guys, what are y'all thinking and how are things going with your plans? Thanks, Tim. It's already been worth the price of admission here today to hear what Tyrone said and what Jason and Joel. Joel, I'm very similar to you. We've been reluctant to announce anything firm in concrete at this time because things have changed so much. And so we have said internally to our staff, we will announce our plan going forward on May the 15th. It will be public on May 15th, and then we'll speak to it in our services online on May the 17th. Again, if we were deciding today, we would probably say we will return a soft gathering process on June the 7th. Here's just some things real simple that we're doing internally. Uh, we didn't want to say something that we would have to walk back if more information came out. And the truth is, with the process of Georgia reopening now some two and a half weeks ago, we wanted to wait and see if any hot spots developed, especially in the Atlanta area. But the truth is, this applies to all of us because some of the hot spots have not been in Atlanta. They've been in Cartersville. They've been in Albany. Uh, this morning, we're reading about what's happening in Hall County. So this is really something that affects all of us. So we wanted to monitor what will this reopening look like before we announce something. You can say you're reopening, but the truth is you're not really open until the people come back. So just because your doors are open doesn't mean people will be there. So here, here's this, Tim. We chose the most capable person on our staff to lead and to spearhead and to kind of initiate our staggered return person that's kind of responsible for all of it in terms of bring, bringing our leadership together. And it just so happens this lady who is the most competent and is the best, she is an African-American female. She sees it differently than I do, which I welcome, I'm grateful for. Um, our church has a number of different ethnic groups that are represented, but you need to welcome the feedback and the input, I think, as a leader of someone that's different for you. So if you're a pastor and you may not have an African-American female that can lead the process, but who is a senior adult, who is a young person, who is a mom, who, who let these voices speak into it because I ask you, they will have valuable perspective that's very different from who's just an eager pastor that's dying to get back to church like we all are. I heard someone say on the call a minute ago, I'm just ready to preach to a live room. Me too, but let's make sure people will be there or it won't live room. So we need to, you know, I think, I think um, uh, we can, if we're not careful, make an idolatry, make an idol out of this thing smooth and polished and man, we got to be ready. You ain't going to be ready. Just embrace the fact that there is no, so know this, a pure and sincere heart covers a multitude of unpreparedness and sins. Have a sincere, pure heart that welcomes all the feedback of the people so that it's, you're going in the pool together and not just you alone. So I don't even know if what I'm saying makes sense. It makes sense in my heart. I hope it makes sense to our staff, but we just wanted to wait and see. We wanted to wait and see before we said, May 31st, that's Pentecost Sunday, Spirit God come. The Spirit may come, but the people may not. So we want it to all happen at the same time. And we feel like voices besides the key leader needs to be speaking into this so everyone feels good about it. And all of us have people in our church that are not like us, and we should celebrate that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, all we're doing is sharing ideas here. Every pastor, every church needs to get their team together. And I love that little triangle. Listen to the Holy Spirit of God. You know, listen to your people. Listen to medical professionals and government. And then make a, as wise decisions as you can make about where you're going and how you're going to get back in the flow. You know, one of the things that, that you say was interesting, obviously, we want to be as, as well prepared as we can be for returning 
Um, so we're not, you know, it's not total chaos. Um, yeah. but it's going to be hard to be prepared. You know, yeah. whatever day you start, if it's June, if it's July or August, whenever that is, it's going to be a little awkward when we start coming back. And it, I think everybody needs to realize that. So Tim, here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that we'll have full hearts because I know we won't have a full room. Really fullness of heart is what's going to matter. Fullness of room, it, it doesn't matter. Fullness of room isn't the goal. Fullness of heart in this. And so we want to be the Lord's church on mission from Woodstock to the world, be it if we're sheltering in place in our neighborhoods with small groups, be on mission there. If we can gather and you're able, be on mission there. So full heart, not full room. It's kind of what yeah. I've been praying lately. Yeah. Stephen, what about you guys? Y'all still moving forward with your plan? We are moving forward. Uh, and we're thinking the same timeline, I think, as everybody's kind of expressed here. But trying to, on the front, middle, and back side of our plan, have our people understand that all of this is in flux and that all of it could change. But the approach that we're trying to take is twofold, is that we wanted to, we thought it'd be helpful to have something in front of our people that they can move towards. But we also thought that it would provide some hope for, for our people, um, knowing that it could change a week, it could change a month. Uh, if, if things, if the trajectory of this continues to drop, and the curve gets more and more flattened, even as cases rise, they're rising at a slower rate, then um, we feel like we can, we can move forward in that in a soft launch. Um, we're looking at June 14th just because of the senior adult being lifted on June 12th. And so we had this plan in place last week, and then an hour later, Governor Kemp changed that. And so um, a significant portion of our congregation is senior adults. And so we have to take that into consideration. And um, so the feedback that we've gotten has been really, really positive, but they, they do know that even that could shift. That's good. We're, we're kind of in that same timeline. Our, our general plan is June 7th, kind of as a test run for protocols and how things go, have our leadership of their families, invitation only, come on campus. We'll still do our live online stuff that we've been doing. And then the 14th, hopefully doing a little more on campus, register for the service. We just better prepared, hopefully. Um, and then we'll see how it goes from there, um, you know, how it continues to develop. The governor does have another press conference today this afternoon so it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say then but it is still a an ever-changing environment in the world you know a couple of um um questions that people asked some related to you know what are y'all thinking about the whole restrooms and using restrooms and and uh, and the whole um how, how do you deal with senior adults in this world are you are you i, I would assume that everybody's communicating listen if you feel like you're more vulnerable uh, when you do, when you do start back, y'all stay home. And if you're a senior adult, you fall in that category, stay home. If you feel uncomfortable, just go ahead and stay home. It's fine to watch it online. Is that what everybody's doing? Pretty much thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, one thing, uh, that Tyrone said, I just want to hit back. That thought was just, he nailed it. The first thing that I've just has really become the, the view of this whole thing that I think that Tim just to kind of come back is, when we can provide a better quality experience in the building than we can online. I mean, I think that's just a great frame for this whole thing. If you can't online, I think there's a pressure then obviously at the size of scale. I just thought that was a good thing I wanted to come back to because this whole week, that's what I've started to wrestle with. When I can provide a better quality experience, and what I mean is kind of what you're saying, Tim, in the room. 
You know what I mean? It, it, it's going to be different, but is it going to be so different? It's not church. Yeah. You know what I mean? At some okay. point. And so, uh, you know, I think sometimes there's a pressure we're putting on ourselves and some of us need to, because again, maybe our online, maybe technology, maybe because of where we're located in internet access. Absolutely. I think, uh, you you probably got to take steps uh, quicker, and I think you're wise to do that. But on the other side, um, I just think that's been a big deal for me. It's not even when can we, but when will we, and when will the experience online? Uh, because again, we all agree there's something about being in the building. I mean, Acts two, you know, the, nobody's arguing that. I'm ready for that. But I just thought that was a great that statement when can uh we provide a better quality experience in the building than online so i just want to reiterate that's a lot of the framework in my mind moving forward so yeah. for what that's worth and jason here's what i say about that too tim if just a quick word yeah. i love that phrase tyrone said that's kind of our thinking too that doesn't just include quality of worship if you're having to wrestle your kids at home with toys but then you have to come to church and wrestle them without toys Right. And the, the home experience is better than the church experience. hundred percent. That's I, I agree with you. That's like my son has a four-year-old, a two-year-old, two boys. And he sent me a video while he was trying to watch service, a two-year-old standing on the coffee table yelling and screaming. He said, I, obviously I can handle this at home. It's not fun, but I couldn't handle this at church. I mean, it's just impossible, you know? Scott, I know you had something yeah. you want to interject. Well, I, I'll say, first of all, there, nobody on this panel is missing their full room more than Tyrone Barnett. <laughs> I, I have preached for in that man's church, and he ruined me for life. They ruined me for life. I, I, I don't know how the man's still alive, quite honestly, preaching without his people in front of him because they will help you preach. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, Tyrone, uh, you actually have a question in the box, so I'm going to throw this at you. Um, you know, after what Brother Tyrone said about pastors rethinking moving this year, should we as a church without a permanent pastor for 16 months so far be concerned about a pastor coming in uh, if, you know, if, if he has no problem leaving his previous church? We are looking at having him come preach in a view of a call at the end of June. So they're, they're looking for some coaching around, you know, maybe we should bless his church by not asking him to leave if he's looking to come preach for us and the transition is going to happen during this regathering phase, what would you say, Tyrone? Well, you know, it's always following the leading of the Lord in that um, that's the real obvious answer. And I really applaud them for even thinking about the fact, uh, thinking about another church in their congregation and the impact on that church, but really, um, really being prayerful about that. Um, my statement was kind of a blanket statement across the board, um, not individualistic, um, but, um, but that is a consideration, you know, is this a good time for that, for that other congregation? And do they have the resources and the bandwidth of leadership to continue a search? You know, if they found God's man to come in, then I think they should, they should bring them in. Um, um, if, you know, if, if everything's green and go. Um, but uh, I really applaud that question. I think that is, that says a lot about the humility of that church. And, um, but that would be my answer. Really follow the leading of the Lord. That's good. Steve, That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we've been in a process of looking for a worship pastor for several months and had really kind of narrowed the gap and it kind of honed it on one person and uh, felt like we needed to push Paul's because if this, this pastor was to leave their church and come to our church, especially during this time, I feel like it would leave their church in a lurch 
Um, but I also didn't want our people to meet this, this person, this strategic staff member online. And so we've kind of pushed pause on that. I saw just two weeks ago where a church had called a new pastor. And as Tyrone's saying, I mean, all of it's the leading of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is, is always right. And God's will is always right for everybody. But to, to be introduced, and this person, this is way out of state, but got like 78% yes. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, you know, that's a difficult time for a church to, to kind of not be able to interact personally. Um, but it's also a difficult time for, for a staff member, a pastor, uh, to come in in this time and not be able to be with his people. Uh, there's, there's just maybe no easy way to do that. You know, I, just, and I, I think I, I hear your heart. I mean, the church is bigger than we are. So, I mean, that's what, I know that's what you're saying, Tyrone. Listen, to the church and the ministry and what God's doing, obviously we want to put that first and foremost. At the end of the day, also, what both of you have reiterated and whatever God wants. If it's right in the middle of a pandemic, he wants to move you, man, pick up your stuff, pack your bags and move and go serve where God's called you to serve, whether it's hard or not or easy or not. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I was, I was preaching Sunday out of Philippians and thinking about Paul sending Timothy and Epaphroditus, you know, back to Philippi. Epaphroditus nearly died getting to Paul and Timothy made the trip and about died, uh, following Paul and think, okay, guys, I want you to pack up. And it wasn't an easy journey. You're talking weeks and weeks on end and, and a life-threatening situation. And there, there's, there's no comment about their opinion on that. They're just ready to go wherever God sends. And I think we still need to have that opinion. It is tough. But I, I, me personally, and this is just from my heart, I'm, I'm just I'm wearing down on, the, on people that are becoming um, doomsday prophets. The church will never be the same. Uh, you just need to be online. You don't need a camp. That's all foolish. I, That's foolish. Foolish talk right there. Say it louder for the people in the back. That's foolish. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a guy say, Tim, in this season we're talking about pivoting, and it was, I think it's Steve Stroop. Uh, I heard him say, pivot to reality. Don't pivot to projections. Mm -hmm. Pivot yeah. to what's real. Don't pivot to what we're projecting of what we think. Take a deep breath, man. You know what I mean? And it's like this. Uh, just pivot to what's reality and reality. That was a big thing because again, I can't tell you how many things it'll never be the same again. Uh, and, and, and in some ways good, it doesn't need to be the same again, but you're also, uh, but you're also, uh, I think we're just taking a bunch of wild guesses in this season. Um, and, and so that pivot to what's reality instead of pivot to what we're projecting. Uh, and, and truthfully, a lot of the guys who are projecting, quite honestly, don't pastor churches. They need us to pay attention to them and click so they get people, you know, they're, they're outside kind of consultants, yeah. no offense to that. But that, there's a lot of guys that are not pastoring that are giving projections that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, I, I, for, for, for churches that need – I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. I'm sure it's my pathetic internet here. I'm, I don't want to talk over you. But for churches that need a new pastor, go into your prayer closet and give them one. This is playing right into our hands. This is our time. No church wants a negative leader. No church wants to follow a glass half empty guy. And they shouldn't. And if I was in a church where the guy was, well, as me, womp, 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 I'd take my money and my family someplace else. This is going to play into our hands if we believe in the gospel and the word and the spirit and that Jesus has been building the church. This is our time. We do our best work in crisis. We've been saying that for years. And if it's true, this is our time. 
This is the yeah. Super Bowl. So I am trying to breathe into our staff and into our church. Yes, it's hard. And yes, we are sensitive to depression and anxiety and pain and joblessness and economic hardship. But this is when God will show his faithfulness. And I think that's the message our people need to hear. I think they want to believe in a leader that is joyous and he's not cynical. And he believes that lost people will be saved. And that even if we are distant in person and physically, we are not from God and the spirit. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm so tired of the political conspiracy theorists end of times, Russian, China, Trump loving Obama, who I'm all of it, all the, I'm so tired of it. Jesus was building the church before Zoom, before America, before Southern Baptist. Jesus was building the church before you were, you know, you know, and, yeah. and preach that, preach that. But I'm sorry, I, I, but, I, but I digress. I digress. Well, I got us on this tangent. I'm sorry to get on, but I, you know, I've been reading all these blogs and watching these podcasts, all these guys. It's like suddenly they know where the future is going and what God's going to do and how God's going to work. And the other thing is I started listening to them thinking, man, you don't have a very big God and you haven't paid attention to church history because this is not the worst thing the church has ever gone through in the world. Yeah. And, um, and the God, actions in the local man. church, Tim, man. The action's not the. I always say the action's not there in the, the cheap seats. All the bloggers and guys who used to pastor, that's not where the action is. The action's in the local church. So I tell all the guys who are pastoring, you're in the center of it. You're in the you're in the arena in the fight. Everybody else has given us their commentary. There are a lot of yeah. pastors on the call right now that would rather have a coronavirus than the fight they had with their deacon board last year. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Hey, and I just want to amen Jeremy and Jason, Tim, with all that. Like, I'm so tired of reading blogs on what the new normal is going to be in six months and how we're – nobody knows that. That is crazy. I think we're going to go back to handshakes and hugs and everything eventually like we used to. That's the body cheap of Christ. Golfie, the cheap coffee, cheap coffee. We're going to cheap coffee on Sunday morning just watered down. The ushers are going to have bad breath. People are going to have on weird clothes. Right. Women are going to come in in the summertime, scantily clad. All the above, guys, is coming yeah. back because Jesus yeah. did. All right. I totally agree. Hey, Tim, can we, can we pivot? This is great stuff, and I just want to kind of recap real quick. You know, the leadership principles, again, leadership's going to carry hey, you through this. By the... you make this. As you make this, this pivot, yeah. I wish yeah. I would have come up with the word pivot. <laughs> I've heard that word more in the last two weeks than I have my entire life. I don't know what in the world – we've done, but we've just made it the word. If you're cool, buzzwords, yeah. man. You're sharp, buzzwords. and you're the, you know, the next best hey, thing, then you use this word a thousand I, I, times. I'm just, glad, I'm just glad to have anything other than the word relevant. So I'm pivots great. <laughs> I'm, I'm running with pivot. Uh, so, uh, but to recap, you know, uh, the, the best feedback loop is reality. That's where you're going to get your, yeah. your day to day. And, and if you, if you look at it as, as why is this happening instead, rather say, what can I do? What, how can I lead in this and have that glass is half full instead of glass half empty attitude. Jeremy was talking about with by faith, it's a faith driven attitude. That's going to give you the best leadership opportunity to lead your people in a positive way and be nimble. You got to stay nimble guys. I mean, we, we, we would love a five-year plan. We would love a three-year plan. We'd love a two month plan. God rarely gives us that at all. He looked at Abraham and said, leave your country and come to a land I'll show you, which is code for, I ain't going to tell you, 
where are you going? It's step by step by faith. That's what the Christian life has always be. This is something that's being brought to the forefront. Now, in the short term, we do have some projections. We've got some churches that are saying, okay, we've got to do something, you know, and we feel like we can because we have, a, a, you know, the size crowd and the size building, as you guys have been pointing out, your building and how many people typically go into that building on a Sunday does matter. Like it puts you in a completely different paradigm if you've got a bigger building than your average crowd or something you can move to two services and still have a lot of room. So uh, some guys are really saying, hey, we're going to do that. So real quick, I want to look at a couple uh, real, really fast. And um, one is uh, Trinity Baptist Church. So let me go, let me get my Zoom share screen. There we, there we are, Trinity Baptist Church. Now they're in Danielsville, Georgia. Danielsville is a very rural town um, in Madison County. Uh, you probably got two fast food joints in the whole county. It's a chicken farming area. Uh, it's my old stomping ground, actually. I, I know a little bit about that. So they, they've come up with something that they call the game plan. And so what we're, what we're looking at right now is we're looking at the Trinity Baptist Church game plan. And so they're going to start uh, coming up here May 24th with ball field worship. So let me, let me pull Robbie in real quick. Robbie, are you there? Pastor Robbie Brown? I am here. Can you hear me? Yep. So you guys put together a task force and, uh, and your task force, I guess, was made up of what staff members, laymen. Yeah, we had staff members. We had, uh, somebody advised us. I can't remember if it was from GBMB or Lifeway or executive committee or who, but put together a task force to kind of cover the pastor a little bit and offer wisdom. So it's people from the medical community, people from law enforcement, uh, church leadership, just a great combination that I've bounced everything off of these guys to give a balanced perspective on all the decisions. So whoever gave that advice, I can't remember who it was. It was, it's been very, very helpful. Okay. So, so you guys rolled out this point. When did this go live on your website? Uh, this went live on uh, Monday after our staff meeting. Okay. So your first gathering is ball field worship, which is a little bit different. So tell us about that May 24th. Uh, yeah, we have a, a just a, a large rec field out uh, behind our Family Life Center, and uh, we, if it had been up to me, I would have said, uh, let's let's just pull everybody in May 10th, but everyone felt like our most vulnerable, our, our kids with the least hygiene and everything else, everybody would have just uh, kind of shown up and, and, and blown it for us, and so we, we're just kind of stepping into this process. And so the ball field is large enough for families to be kind of uh, marked off with areas they can put their lawn chairs, their blankets or whatever. It's Memorial Day weekend. Typically, that's uh, that can be a little bit of a down Sunday for us. Um, and, and so we're going to uh, do social distancing, but let them see, you know, th their faces and and be able to. Uh, fellowship to some degree from a distance on that day. And I'm still going to do all I can with a video on Saturday before uh, talking those that are elderly, immunocompromised, caring for the elderly or immunocompromised or anyone like that uh, to just stay at home. We'll also live stream and they can watch it from home. Okay. And so, so the goal then is kind of like the guys that are already on our panel. You're looking at, at June before you even get into any kind of in-person worship. 
Right. Yeah. June 7th with three services to start with um, because shelter in place order will still be in effect. We decided to add a, an early service. This is one of those things. I, I think it's a blessing for us because we're not having to fight now with the, uh, a difficult transition to revamping our small groups the way we needed to or are moving from one service to two services the way we felt the need to. Uh, now it's just kind of been handed to us on a silver platter. So that three services is to help us accommodate those in kind of um, uh, the elderly category that first Sunday saying, hey, come at eight o'clock. And then, the uh, you know, if something happens and we realize, man, God is really blessed and we need to stay in three services, we can. But uh, I anticipate we'll go to two services, social distancing on um, uh, the following Sunday, June 14. Okay. All right. And then I like the way that you put and beyond with a question mark and just putting it out there. Hey, we don't know. We'll see what happens. And uh, being honest, like this panel's talk about, talked about often with your people, I think is a great, great thing. Do, do you have any questions for our panel while, while we got you live here? Or do, does anybody on our panel want to speak to this? Uh, hey, I want to ask Robbie. Hey, Robbie, Joel. Hey, Joel. What's your anticipation of what percentage of your church is coming back with this? Have you, have you polled or are you, uh, is no. there an assumption you have with that? My assumption is based on March 15th, uh, when some churches did not meet, we met and I, I really challenged those that were immunocompromised or if they had kids who they were worried would not practice good hygiene and they didn't want to kind of keep them um, in the seats beside them, I, I just said, Hey, if that's you, you watch the live stream. Those who really feel that they can social distance, we want you here. And we had, um, we, we had been right knocking on right at 400 in worship. And that Sunday we were less than half. And so that's what I'm thinking on June 7th, we'll be ready to come back. And so by doing three services, you're talking about a fairly easy time, if I'm right, uh, being able to social distance, even with two services, with those who would be uncomfortable coming back at that time. That I, I'm using that March 15th service as kind of an experiment. The way I set that up, the way I talk to certain people into staying at home and, and watching online and that sort of thing. So I, that, that gives me a little bit of a, a feel for what may return on, the, on June 7th. Do you, do you have any uh, idea on how you're going to do restrooms? Um, I mean, I've already we've already heard about one church that's literally going to have somebody posted by the restrooms and help and and facilitate every single person that uses it in wiping down before and after coming out, wiping it again. I mean, just some heavy right. heavy hygiene there. Do you have anything like that that's going on for the for any of these services? Yes, and even with our ball field service, we, we've we're, uh, we've got a husband wife custodial team, and they are going to be on the clock those days, one at a time, to the restroom, and they'll be monitoring that. So that we're a size where we can manage that with with the uh, with the staff that we've got, and they'll just kind of uh, we're going to make the services much shorter. We're going to ask people to you know hold it, um, then hold it if they're deer hunting or at a ball game. So. Um, <laughs> We're going to challenge them in that area, but, but it will be available and they, it will be immediately 
um, sanitized as soon as someone has to use the restroom. Uh, something else to answer that, that previous question. Um, we do have online sign up through uh, Breeze for our parking lot service, and we plan to use that online sign up for those services to give us a feel and to help us balance the crowds a little bit when we go in house. Yeah, smart. That's good. That's good. It's got. Um... Chuck Odom had posted that he's down in Columbus. They they've had about they had about thirty percent of their uh, attendance come in person this last Sunday, and then Liberty Baptist Church in Fayetteville um, had service as well. They had about a third of their folks show up for service. So just a, just a point of information for what some guys were experiencing attendance wise coming back. Mm -hmm. Very good. That's very good information. All right. Any more questions or comments from Robbie to Robbie? Anybody? I think this is a good plan, guys. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely, man. Good, 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 good deal, Robbie. Real yeah. good. Good word. Good, good plan. Clearly communicated. So good job. So, someone sent us a message and said, what do you do about the conspiracy theorists? Hey, listen. And you can't control their Facebook, but you don't have to give them the microphone in your service. That's what I'd say. Pray for them and love them and let them do what they want to do on Facebook, but don't put them on stage and let them make announcements. <laughs> That's amen good. To that. Yeah. Amen to that. So real quick, uh, this is a little bit different church reboot plan at co Baptist church, uh, Cartersville phase one, phase two, phase three. So these are, this is based on the opening up America again, guidelines, uh, and so basically this is what went out with your email and I'll send this out again. If you guys want it, um, they're, they're going to talk, they're talking about individual safety is the first row across and then church programming, the second row. So you do see their dates, uh, church programming proposed start date, May 31st. And, uh, that's with all of column one return in place. And that's a lot of social distancing, no handshake, no nursery, no kids ministry reflecting what uh, our panelists have been saying exactly. Uh, transition beginning August the 1st, proposed start date. Uh, you're going to reduce to minor safe distancing. Um, and so there's, you know, obviously a little bit less of the uh, precautionary things that are so strict. And then the new normal over at phase three. But notice uh, the start date is to be determined. We don't know yet. They're going to have to see kind of how it goes uh, using that that triangle approach that Jason presented last week of, of just kind of, you know, get staying in those feedback loops with government and God and your people. Um, any comments on this fellas? Good, man. I think that phase three, that's just a guess. I think all of us kind of what he said, uh, they said it's to be determined who knows when phase three is. Do you think it helps to go ahead and put something <clears throat> out like this, even though you got a TBD on it? hundred percent. You're letting people, I just think the more people know we have a plan, that's it. That we, that we're thinking about what they're thinking about. I think that's what matters that we're, we're looking through every angle. We're trying the language we're using is we're trying to over inform uh, early on as we look to get back in. And then as we get close, we're going to look to affirm. So we mean, I'm trying to move from information to inspiration. I don't, I want to give everybody the information that I want to get them excited about being back. You know what I mean? That's so good. early on, we're going to overwhelm them 
with information from kids ministry. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what the parking lot, we're going to be visual with everything. But then the week or two, maybe before we do, we're moving away from our information to we're so excited to see you back inspiration. So Jason, I, Jason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you, I think if you put two more I words in there, man, you have a whole sermon. So right. thank you yeah. for that. Well, that. That's the, I know. Well, I, I learned from Jeremy, man. He's been coaching. <laughs> Johnny helped Jeremy. Jeremy helps me. It all works out. But uh, I He's just not talking about it, Johnny Cash either. I'm positive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, but that infer, I think that'll be the trick of this is over informing early on, but then trying to build some excitement, and anticipation, not weirdness. Does that make sense? Not, hey, uh, not, not strangeness. Stephen, I want to say, too, and Jason as well, Joel, all you guys, I think everybody's in their own lane, which is a good place to be. You know your church. You know your people. I agree with trying to over-communicate and over-inform. It's probably impossible to be in touch. However, we're not putting out our plan until May 17th because we don't know, and I don't feel bad about that. I, no. I'm more comfortable with perpetual two-week plans than we don't know what July and August are going to look like. And you know, Georgia was very aggressive about opening on the front end, which we're so grateful for in terms of helping our small businesses, even though minorities and others who are immunocompromised, they'll feel differently. So everybody's got to stay in their own lane and view it as, I think, here's my two-week plan. Here's my, and I'm, 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 maybe God wants us to make two-week plans for the rest of our life and to hold the plan, but to hold it loosely with an open hand. And so that's, that's kind of what we, I, everything we've said is tentative and soft, but if I just if anybody's on here and we've not even announced our plan yet, well, neither have I. And I don't. And I'm not. I feel good about that. Cause yeah, and I would I just wrote, tell you, you know, I'm I'm May the 24th. I'm a week after you at the earliest. So you're yeah, you're you're yeah. we're saying Memorial Day is when we're gonna let everybody know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We put every everything that we say. We always say based on what today looks like. Everything I say, that's my phrase in the beginning. Based on what today looks like, because it yeah. gives me that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being flexible is the key and, and communicating is the key. Uh, just giving them, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to get there. Jeremy, we're right there with you. 17th is when we're talking about laying out a plan. And what I say every week is, hey, right now, this is what we're doing. We're going to do this for another week. And we'll next week, we'll let you know where we're headed from here. And, and uh, we're working on plans, trying to detail, make sure everybody's safe and that we're effective in, in being the church in our community right now in this situation and then preparing for the future. Um, but, uh, man, I think everybody's doing a good job thinking through probably one of the most encouraging things to me is just seeing, you know, no matter where your church is, people are studying their community and their church family to see what works best. They're seeking God's counsel and biblical instruction so they can make the right decisions. And they're listening to medical. Um, you know, it's great to hear, um, Guys say they have task force that they're putting together to study this. What did they do? How do we put this together? Man, there's wisdom in many counselors. We know that. Um, those are all good things. And we're so, I'm, I'm just really grateful to see how well the church is moving. I had one guy tell me, said, man, I don't know if I want to go back in my building. Our services have been so free in the drive-in parking lot. Um, and everybody's been flexible and more free. We've seen the spirit of God move in the hearts of people. I'm afraid we go back inside. We're just going to slide back into being stalemated again and not not uh, be sensitive to the to leading of God's spirit. So I think there's a lot of good things. Somebody mentioned about how many people are being reached with the gospel, hearing the gospel for the first time through all the online services, not just in America, but around the world. That's incredible. I mean, God is at work and, uh, and we praise him for it. 
Um, so listen, to that. I, I know we've gone over our time a little bit. I appreciate you guys investing the time in this, investing time in our pastors. Um, and I just say, hey, uh, again, to everyone that's watching and listening, everyone that watches this, we're not telling you what to do. We're just saying, hey, here's what we're thinking. Here's what God's working in our own heart, praying through, trying to be as wise as possible. And, uh, you know, my prayer through this whole thing is we'll have courage, compassion, and wisdom. And it will just be God's, God's men leading the church and serving him uh, for the glory of his name. So and I appreciate all that uh, you're doing. I appreciate your investment. Uh, Tyrone, appreciate you jumping on and, and, and joining us today too. Man, great word today to start us off. What, what, a, what an encouragement. Um, Scott, you got anything you want to wrap yeah, up? Yeah, with? real quick. Can we just do a quick rapid fire round, Tim? Would that be okay? On a let me, hey, let me one more thing. Today's a national day of prayer. And just one thing I sent out today, just a little thing to our church. I told them last week to, uh, to put an alarm on their, their calendar for uh, 419, Philippians 419, and my God shall supply every need of yours according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, to remind us that who we're trusting in is Jesus in this thing and remind us to pray. And so we've just been setting our alarm for 419 p.m. It's COVID-19, but 419 is our answer, and we're leaning on the Lord and praying. And, and uh, so um, I, when we close, I do want us to pray. And uh, Jeremy, if you'd close us in prayer in just a minute, but let's just, any one word of thought as you're thinking about going ahead, you want to share. We'll start with Stephen. Yeah, I think just continue to love your people well. Uh, reach out to them, care, concern. You know, like Jeremy's pointed out almost every week is that shepherds are with their sheep. Hmm. They, they, they lead, lead you, lead your family. You know, I've read Proverbs 7 this morning, and uh, I, I can't lead our people. I can't lead our family until I'm being led and submissive to the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you to do that as well. Okay. Joel? Hey, just to let everybody know, these are not easy decisions. That your mm -hmm. church members will boil this down to a meet or not meet decision. It's much more complex than that, and it's contextualized based on every single pastor's church on this webinar. And just to say, Brent Smith put the comment in here, you know, they, they jumped the gun and then the shelter and order place stayed for seniors and medically fragile till June 12th. Well, if seniors can't come and parents of young kids can't come, you just took out an enormous section of your church that can't meet. And that's complicated. And there's a lot of people right in the middle who can come, but they don't understand where everybody else is. So, Hey, pastors, it's a tough decision. Yeah. God's got to get us through it. Jason. Man, this season two shall pass. You know, mm -hmm. I just remind us of that. We're going to, we're going to walk through this and uh, this shall pass. And so I'm just reminding myself it's a season and um, I would just encourage you with that. Uh, hopefully it's a better and a brighter uh, and a, the harvest is bountiful on the backside of this. But this, the emotional and the mental uh, pressure of all this is the season we're in. It'll, it'll, it'll end at some point. Yeah. Tyrone? Yeah, I'm just praying that God will expand the territory of pastors during this season. That JBAS prayer is what I've been praying, that um, God has called us for a time such as this. We're in pain, but just believe God for greater territory. Believe that his hand will be upon you. Uh, believe that uh, God will keep you and your church from harm and that he'll grant our request. And, uh, and I believe that. And I just pray that for every pastor. Man, good word. 
Jeremy, you want to say a word and then close us in prayer? Sure. Thanks to everyone. I agree with Tyrone. He took the words right out of my mouth. That is such a good word. We were all prepared for such a time as this. We may be surprised, but God's not surprised. And press into your weakness, press into your insufficiency and your inability, and that's where the strength will come. That's certainly what I'm trying to do. I'm not preaching to anybody on here. I say it out loud to remind my own ignorant self of how desperate I am. But I think the people want to see you calm and joyous, even in, in your desperation. If God's on the throne and he's our daddy, then let's stop being children that are tearing up the house with our craziness. You know, let's just relax and enjoy that we get to live in his house. Um, so time to pray. We pray yeah. this out. Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this national day of prayer. I pray that as men and as leaders, our lives would be about prayer, that we like Paul would pray without ceasing. Lord, I love what Tim said about 419. Uh, God, you will supply all of our needs from North Georgia to South Georgia and everywhere in between for young pastors and old pastors and for all churches. There's no such thing as a little church or an insignificant church. God, you are the leader of the one church. It's the Lord's church. And you've led us for this period of our lives be intricately involved. And so we rejoice. And God, I love uh, what these brothers have shared. And we do pray like Jabez, God, would you bless us and bless us indeed and enlarge our territory and put your hand upon us and keep us from evil and God be praised. So again, we turn our hearts to you today and ask that the spirit would send revival and send awakening. We're surprised God, but you're not. So surprise the whole world by the third great awakening that could come if you choose to delay your coming finally and fully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just in, just in parting, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, you know, we, we're trying to, uh, we've got our, our core panel and we've got special guests now. Uh, obviously, Tyrone Barnett was our special guest today. Thank you again, Tyrone, for being with us. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to bring on somebody. Our goal is uh, to bring on somebody from South Georgia. Michael Catt, his schedule's been interrupted a bit, but we have somebody else in the Albany area uh, that is going to be on with us next week. That's the goal and uh, hear from what's going on in South Georgia and kind of what the plans are going to be down there. So that is coming. Some of you have, have asked about that. That is definitely coming. Also, we're going to work on getting you a prayer strategy for regathering. David Franklin, I believe, has some stuff on that. So we're going to get that out to you by email, probably on the Reboot page as well. So we do want to make the prayer strategy a big part of the regathering. And if you want a tool or a template, we're, we're going to do our best to get you that uh, as, as a part of this as well. And for those that ask questions that maybe we couldn't get to. Obviously, there's a lot of interaction by our panelists in the chat uh, throughout the call. Thank you guys, by the way, for, for doing that. Uh, that uh, we'll do our best over the course of these calls. We knew, we knew one call wouldn't be enough. We also know the information changes week to week. So we're going to try to get to all your questions as we go. Please do join us live here uh, 10 a.m. each Thursday. And then um, obviously the replays you can share with your staff, your leaders, your deacons. Uh, your board, whoever you need to share that with. So that's there for you. But wanted to give you a heads up of what's coming. Keep your eye on your email inbox. And don't forget about next Thursday at 2 p.m. There'll be this at 10 a.m. And then 2 p.m. There's going to be a worship reentry. Uh, and you'll be getting some information about that by email as well around music and worship for that panel specifically. Thank you, panelists, all you who are attending. Thank you for your comments in the chat box. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Hope you guys have a blessed week. Thank you.